and it's all about the profit. It's all about making sure that your accounts are up to date and on time, making sure that you've got a really good set of management accounts so you know where you are at the month end, you understand your profit levels, you understand your margins, you know what your corporation tax liabilities are, you understand what your director's loan account balance is at the end of that month because it's so important to have that clarity of number and our clients know their numbers and they like their numbers and that's the big difference. You've got to understand them to be able to drive the business forward and they all have a focus on profit. Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast with business strategist, speaker and author Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey, Gavin here. I want to get to know you. You're part of my community now. If you are serious about significant growth over the next two to three years, whether organically or through acquisition, let's jump on a call. Let me understand you and your business that much more so that I can come up with some suggestions that you can get on with implementing right now. Go to bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. That's bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. Hey, Gavin here. Festive greetings to you, wishing you all uh, the very best for the holiday season. Merry Christmas. And um, I want to say thank you for following the podcast through 2020. I hope you've got value, inspiration, reassurance and uh, insights from the Listen to the Business Mastermind podcast during 2020. So as you're rushing around in your last minutes of the festive preparations, I wanted to share an interview with you, uh, with uh, Lisa Dixon. Uh, some of you may have heard or even read a book called Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. A great book around cash management and um, really driving your profit and your business performance and putting a real focus on that. Many business owners don't put enough, anywhere near enough focus on improving profitability. So Lisa and I have a conversation that you're obviously going to be privy to um, where we explore the practical things that you can do to put profit first, hack profit in your business and to make sure that you actually create a much more profitable business in 2021 so that you can achieve uh, some of the, the bonuses or, uh, that some of Lisa's clients have done around new Teslas and new holidays, etc., etc., and uh, significant pension contributions in 2021. Um, you'll get a lot from us. Hi, welcome back to the Business Mastermind podcast. Gavin here. Hope you've had a great week so far. So today I'm sat down with uh, Lisa D- uh, Dixon of Caseron Cloud Accounting. But before you go, oh no, you're talking to an accountant. I want Lisa to share some of the phenomenal results that she's got from accountants. Put it this way, it's about more money on the bottom line and in your pocket. So Lisa, start off, before you introduce yourself, please start off by sharing some of the impressive case studies that got my attention to uh, reach out and ask you to come on the podcast. Okay, well, we've had an incredible year, um, despite the pandemic, or maybe because of the pandemic, and because our clients have been able to pivot their businesses or take advantage of some of the things that have been going on. Um, So just some of the conversations uh, that I've had in the last few months with clients are the ones I wrote about on uh, my Facebook page, which is how you and I uh, came together for this. 
So the conversations in the past few weeks have been very much along the similar lines. So one client said, the business is doing so well, I want to get a second company car. Um, My wife got hers last year and now it's my turn. Is that affordable? And this particular client has done so well that they could probably afford to buy a company car for themselves, their kids and their neighbor's kids. They're doing so well. So that was a really funny funny conversation. I was like, "Uh, yeah, okay. Yes, of course you can afford it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, let's get one that's uh, eco-friendly. And um, so that that was one conversation. And another conversation I had with a client just on um, Friday was um, I, I looked at their balance sheet and we were doing a quarterly review. And I, so I said, what's happened? And she said, well, you know, I don't really know. And her, they've done more. They've achieved more profit. And this is profit, not just turnover, more profit in the last eight months than they had done in the previous 24 months and it's because they kept going I mean they're in the marketing business so they marketed their own business and they did really really well and she said can I put another 20k in my pension uh, yeah (laughs) and then some you've got loads of capacity Uh, just it's just incredible so their business has doubled in eight months Uh, it's just incredible and what they do is they focus on the profit now, another conversation I had with a, a client um, another couple of weeks before that um, is the business is doing so well. He wants to get the sales director a company car. And I said, oh, let me guess, a Tesla. And he said, yep. That's what the sales director <laughs> wants, of want. course. Everybody yeah. wants a Tesla. They're either buying, everybody's buying Teslas or Mitsubishi um, MPVs. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it, it's just incredible. And again, you get great capital allowances from them, you know, going into some of the technical speak and they're, they're brilliantly tax efficient, no benefit in kind this year. So everybody's buying a Tesla and why not? And I spoke to one director and said, you know, how is it? And he said, the car just drives itself. I, said, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise you're going to end up with one of those Google statistics. Um, but it was just amazing. And then my, Another client had done so well. He he texted me a couple of weeks ago and he said, um, I want to increase my uh, standing order for you know my, my dividends. He, we put a monthly dividend um, aside for him. We've got a standing order set up. And he said, I want to take it from where it's at now to 10K a month. Can I afford it? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, lots of capacity. You're doing really well. So um, I sent him a screenshot back of the standing order that I'd, uh, I'd then updated because it was um, I'm, I'm on the mandate. And um, he was really excited about that because it's something that he'd been he'd had this in mind that he wanted to achieve the 10K take home dividend. And um, then, of course, wasn't so happy when I said, right, OK, now you need to put a third of that away into it. Yeah, I was going to say, but then there's the tax. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's done it. That, that's the whole reason why he wanted to achieve yeah, yeah. that it's level. A great milestone. A certain target he wanted to hit. And milestone. then he wanted to put some of it away um, and make sure he's got the cash put aside. And we forecast their personal tax returns every year. So there's never any surprises. It just, but he was so excited. And he said his wife would be more excited than he would be. <laughs> so before we uh, sort of unpick the, the strategies that you're working with to really focus all on profit or hack profit as you do you say um show us a bit about your sort of career background and the history of Caseron. okay so uh, i'm a chartered management accountant and um came from a corporate background about oh gosh 11 10 11 years ago now um i had worked in the corporate world, climbed the corporate ladder, got to a point where um, I was doing really well. I was a financial controller of a blue chip organization, was 
I really loved my job, but it was really stressful, really time consuming, so little time with my family. And my husband had, um, he's ex-army, ex-Gulf War veteran and had meningoencephalitis when we were in our early 30s. Woke up one day with a blazing headache, nearly died with encephalitis and has had all sorts of ongoing problems since. So he can't work. Um, he has chronic fatigue, chronic um, permanent migraine. And we had two young kids at the time, well, one, one three and a half year old and one uh, three months away from being born. So I was you know, six months pregnant. He was super poorly and roll on a few more years. And we've, you know, we've got half the income coming into the house because he's too sick to work. Two kids in nursery. He's too poorly to look after them because he can't cope with the noise and the stress of two kids. And, and, I'm working such ridiculously long hours. And we got to a point where one day um, I promised to go, we'd, we'd promised to do roller skating, I think it was. We were supposed to go roller skating at the weekend. And I couldn't do it because I had to go into work and work on a bid for a project we were never going to get because we weren't even in the right industry. It was crazy. And um, I remember my little girl, she was like three or four. And she said, you know, what's up, mummy? Do you love work or more or work more than me, mummy? Or do you love me more than work? And I thought that's that's just horrible. That's just that's one of those epiphany conversations where you think something's got to change. So, um, you know, I said, right, that's it. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to. Um, it was so stressful working such long hours and coming home to a family that was tired and stressed and Paul was really ill. And, you know, it just wasn't a very nice way of living. So I said, right, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start on my own and start a business. I'm doing accounting, of course, because that's the only thing I know. And my husband said, yeah, you can do that. So I did. <laughs> that was probably the scariest thing that I've ever done. And I remember turning up to the first um my my first networking meeting and I had no idea that you had to stand up and do a two-minute pitch so I yeah, didn't have yeah. one prepared and ready and um you know I just stood up and said hi my name's Lisa I'm an accountant I have no idea what to say or how to pitch my services because I'd come from blue chip to small business and um in the end it, it was incredible the whole community there really helped me and I did a few pro bono projects to get some testimonials and then boom there it went Fantastic. I was so going to say, how did you get your set. first clients? That was uh, basically off the back of networking then. Yeah, yeah, networking. It was all networking to begin with. Did a few projects that were pro bono that were very specific, start, beginning and end. So they had a firm deliverable on the condition that I you know, got the testimonial from it. So by the next time I came into that same networking meeting, I was able to stand up and say, for Joe, I've done this. For Bob, I've done this. For, you know, Carol, I've done this. And they all went, yep, yep. And she did a great job. And all of a sudden, I had a little flurry of clients, small businesses, but a flurry of clients. And they're, they're all still clients today. I love yeah. that. So uh, <clears throat> you have a particular methodology then that you work with your clients. For a start, you're, you're using one of the cloud accounting packages, zero. So you're, you're advocates of that. But when typically what size businesses are you working with in terms um, of revenue? We A lot of our clients are bigger. So we tend to work with a larger number or a smaller number of larger value clients. So they're typically sort of million, two million, three million, that kind of level. And we do a whole outsource financial services offering. So there's me, Harry and Tom, um, just the three of us. And we, we're quite 
picky with the clients that we we have and they're quite picky with us so we have a fantastic relationship and it's all about the profit it's all about making sure that your accounts are up to date and on time making sure that you've got a really good set of management accounts so you know where you are at the month end you understand your profit levels you understand your margins you know what your corporation tax liabilities are you understand what your director's loan account balance is at the end of that month because it's so important to have that clarity of number and our clients know their numbers and they like their numbers and that's the big difference you've got to understand them to be able to drive the business forward and they all have a focus on profit so we you know we we look at pretty graphs sometimes and we look at forecasts but most of all we look at the profit numbers and what we need to do to achieve the outcome they want which is ultimately a bigger dividend or a deposit on a house or the new car or you know they just want to take time off so they've got to build a team and build a business that can work without them being in it. So we spend a lot of time talking about how to work on the business, not in the business, which I know is not traditional in such that as, as an accountant would normally do. But if you don't focus on working on it, not in it, you are just building a job and a job that's busy and stressful and probably doesn't pay you particularly well for the number of hours that you put in. So we're trying to build businesses that that can allow people to take the time out, to spend the time with their families. And of course, it's got to pay for all that. And that's the most important. And I actually find there's many uh, businesses on that sort of spectrum, one to three million, one to four million, that uh, in terms of revenue, actually still do have a job. And they're working very hard and they haven't actually got a huge amount of profit at the end of the year to show for it. So they're on this hamster wheel, this slog throughout a year and probably still have uh, challenges from a cash flow point of view when they have to pay the VAT bill or they have to pay the the tax. Yeah. So we have um, smaller clients as well that, um, you know, the consultants and the management accountants or the the management services and that kind of thing. And and they grow uh, equally well, but they're sometimes um, more quick to pivot and more quick to build their business than the the larger ones. So they're they're more able to be reactive, which works quite well. So you take on a new client, you've... um... You, you, you either brought the put, sort of brought forward balances onto zero or, or access their existing zero account. What's your go-to? Where do you, where, what do you look for first in order to opportunities to improve profitability? Um, we, we take two different approaches. So there's, we, we're working with the profit first system now and um, it's uh, it started off with a book by Mike McCallowitz and there is a whole, uh, it's a cash management system for the way you look after your business. So we, there's there's two ways that we would approach it. So some clients are small and they are more able, more willing to look at profit first. Some of them are much bigger and profit first. And the idea of allocating cash and waterfalling cash into different bank accounts seems absurd because they might have you know, hundreds of, you know, a couple of hundred thousand in a bank. And what they're looking for is better ways of protecting the cash that they've got and using the cash that they've got to grow the business. Whereas the smaller one might want to conserve the cash, preserve the cash and build more cash buffers so that they can take more home. So it depends on what the business owner's objective is as to which way we look at it. But ultimately, it all starts with management accounts. It all starts with the numbers in your business and it ends with the numbers in your pocket. And you've got to know your numbers. And, you know, it's as simple as that in some respects. You've got to know your numbers. So we basically teach our clients to love their numbers. And the more profitable they get, the more they like them. (laughs) Absolutely. I bet they do. 
Hey Gavin here. I want to get to know you. You're part of my community now. If you are serious about significant growth over the next two to three years, whether organically or through acquisition, let's jump on a call. Let me understand you and your business that much more so that I can come up with some suggestions that you can get on with implementing right now. Go to bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. That's bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. So for those of uh, my listeners that haven't come across Mike Michalowicz's work, Profit First, can you just give a kind of like high level synopsis of what it what it's about? It is basically a cash management system. So the, the background of Profit First is that Mike McCallowitz believes that something like 90% or 95% of businesses have literally got enough cash to survive one month and that's it. And, and that's probably very true of about 80% of business. And he also believes that we're, you know, we're one or two paychecks away from bankruptcy and he's probably not wrong there either. Um, He also believes that the small business owner is most often the last to get paid if they get paid at all. And of course, that is also Mm -hmm. true of the small business or or sometimes a larger business. So the, the point behind Profit First is to turn that upside down and change the way we manage our business so that instead of focusing on paying other people first, we put our profit first as the business owner. So. what you would do is set up four or five bank accounts and you receive cash into one bank account and then you waterfall that cash into four different bank accounts. So you've got a a business expenses account and you've got a a taxes account, you know, which sounds really, really boring until you can pay your tax bill on time in full the first time. And that's really exciting. There's um, an owner's pay account. So you put enough aside each month to make sure that you've covered your your personal expenses and your mortgage and your rent and your, you know, the the living expenses that you have. And then you put some aside in what's called a profit account. And the profit account is your reward for being the good business owner, for being the diligent business owner, for being the profit focused business owner. So you you squirrel away a little, you know, starts off at 1% and then the percentage grows as you get more efficient and your business gets more profitable you squirrel this money away into a profit account and this is your um your reward account that you maybe draw out once a, every three months or once a year and the rules behind this account is you're only allowed to spend it on something exciting something fun or something that is you know your your passion your freedom goal whatever you want to call it so we call them profit goals um, but it's basically you're not allowed to spend it on bills or, or the boring stuff. You've got to spend it on something exciting. The, the reason that you're in business for is the thing that you want to spend it on. So and, and that's how it grows. And the, the, the point is that by putting money aside here and not allowing you to spend it on business expenses, is you then have to become more resourceful and more clever and more um resilient in your business and you have to be very disciplined so that if if you physically can't afford that bill you can't have that product or service so you've then either got to save money somewhere else to pay for something you want or you've got to make more money first to pay for something that you want but you can't take it from somewhere else and these percentages change over time then as you get more efficient in your business and so presumably initially your expenses your business expenses proportion is higher and that drops as you as a percentage of revenue as you become more efficient 
that that's the idea so and and that's where profit first um it is kind of it's something that becomes more than just the cash management system it then becomes the culture in your business and your culture has to be one of learning how to put profit first and learning learning how to put you first so that subscription that you're paying month in month out that you've forgotten about um you know if you've got two or three of those it could add up to a couple hundred pounds or a couple hundred dollars and you don't do anything about it because you might use it next week or you might use it next month or you know you might use it next quarter but ultimately that couple of hundred pounds could be the weekend you want to take away with your family it could be the you know a deposit on your house or a little bit towards the deposit on your house so it's thinking about is that money better off in your pocket or in their pocket and then making those tough spend decisions so I, I've been in a, a coaching program for about a year and I love the coaching program, really enjoy the coaching program. Great group of people, really enjoy the work and it's probably developing what I do. But when I looked at it from a profit perspective, does it generate me revenue? No, it didn't really. Um, does it help me save time or reduce cost? No, it didn't really. And did it keep me compliant? No. So I made the very painful decision because I love the program to cut their cost. And that saved me 500 pounds a month, which is now going into my profit pot. So the, the pain was very short lived <laughs> as the profit pot starts to grow. And it's making those kind of tough decisions. And it's also having the the, the discipline and want uh, self-discipline. And oh, well, it, it's not self-discipline, is it? Because you as a firm actually do all that water falling of the cash anyway. So the business owner is... Uh, uh, can't meddle but for those that want to start to engage with it um, there's that extra kind of administrative kind of task of allocating funds across different accounts and managing it it does it, there's definitely um, a reluctance at the beginning to set them up it's a pain in the bum to have to set them up and to set the waterfall in place and to understand and learn what your, your optimum waterfall percentages are. But that's where your accountant can help you. So we help our clients do it. We'd expect other accountants to help do it. And if not, we've got a model in Profit Hackers where we can help anybody to do it. And the whole point of this is you only have to do it once. And once it's in place, it's done. And if you're using a system like Zero, it's really easy to have the cash coming in in multiple bank accounts. And then the transfers from one account to another are just simply bank rules that you set up once. And then, you know, Zero knows what you're doing and you, you click the button to accept it. Um, and it just it makes such a difference if you can start building up those pots of cash in different places. And, you know, once you can pay your tax bills on time, you don't have to worry about it. And once you start drawing that quarterly dividend, it makes you feel like you've achieved so much more success in your business. Because I, I think there's a, a big issue for entrepreneurs and, and business owners where you feel like you're busy entrepreneuring, but it's, it's your business is a bit like a leaky bucket. So it's all, mm. all shiny and, and polished on the outside but you're hemorrhaging cash and leaking profits on the inside but you don't want to tell anybody and mm. you can't talk to anybody about it and you're not being paid very much and it gets really stressful and we see that all the time when we take on a new client and their biggest frustrations are that they just don't feel like they're doing a very good job and they might be doing a fabulous job of what their core skill is and what their area of genius is but they feel like they're rubbish at managing a business because they're not making enough money and it's not that they're not making enough money. They're making the money. They're just not keeping the money because they're not managing it very well. And, and also with, with that, 
there comes some decisions to be made that sometimes are not comfortable. So you Mm. shared the example of your um, coaching program, but I, I all see small, you know, SME businesses, a million, two million turnover where the headcount or the administrative headcount is way too big for that size of business and that size of activity. Oh, but we know them, the friends, we love them. We've worked with us for 10 years and with groups I've coached over time you know I can or or you have the same conversation but with an under with a poor performing and underperforming person and so not only are they um costing money to the business but they are bad behaved not hitting the objectives they know they really should be having their performance management conversation or even exiting them from the business but they don't no no four months later I I don't really can't make myself do that yeah, we've had some very difficult conversations with clients along that lines where when you look at the you know, the profit is grown by so much over a year. But when you look at the profit per head, mm. it, it's diminishing because the people that they're taking on perhaps aren't as efficient or because they've got 10 people now doing work that eight people could do. There's a lot of slack and a lot of um not uh, no urgency in the business I, I remember walking in to see a new client about you know five or six years ago and I walked into his business and he said you know what 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 do you what's your first impression as you walk through the door and I said well they all seem like they're really happy and they're all very chirpy and he said oh yeah yeah we've got this great you know um harmony we've got this great culture we're all really happy we all work really well together and I said yeah I said, but I see no urgency. Mm. There's, there's no urgency at all to get anything done. Mm. And he sort of looked at me and he said, yeah, you're right. Mm. And, and I, I actually right. love it because we need to travel more, but I love going into businesses because the, the data that, that you see, what you what you spot just walking around a business in the first 10 minutes is phenomenal. And I often see that. There's like, where's the sense of urgency? You're all sat around having a laugh and a joke, but where's where, where's the sense of urgency to get yeah. anything done? And you think you need this whole sort of 15 people that are sitting in this room, but, you know, they're missing their deadlines. They're not achieving anything. They haven't had a performance review in three years. You know, of course they're not urgent (laughs) because they don't know what they've got to do or they don't know what they've got to deliver. But brilliantly, you're bringing it all back to, you know, know your numbers and then, you know, you improve your numbers in your business and that phrase, you know, improve the numbers in your pocket. So you're making it very sort of, personal to their to that business owner around this is the profit impact of this decision yeah. or not cutting that cost and i guess the other point about uh, this year obviously covid and lockdowns has caused people to stop and to look at their cost base anyway so every one of those businesses no doubt has become even leaner that you've been working with um they have and but and, and people think they are lean and people think there is no room to improve and i think that's um also a huge misconception so it doesn't matter how big your business is or how lean you think you are. You've probably got leaks in clients. You've got leaks in your products. You've got leaks in your processes, leaks in your outsourcing. If you start looking at each of these areas in your business and specifically not from how effective it is, but could it be leaking money? Could it be leaking profit? So it's the free stuff you're doing for clients that you're not billing for. It's the, you know, could you just do this? Could you just do that? It's the scope creep that happens in almost every business while you're trying to help your clients and while you're trying to do more for them. That's all well and good until you've trained them that that's how you work. Hmm. 
mm-hmm. then you can't charge them for it. So it's trying to teach people how to build the upsell and how to build the products and the services so that you can start billing for that and changing that conversation from, yeah, sure, I'll just do this. It'll only take me an hour or two to, yes, I can do this. Let me send you a quote. Yes. Um, it's looking at all the subscriptions and all the things that you're buying in your business and seeing whether you're still using them or whether you still need that, you know, that level of photocopier subscription that you're paying for and you're only using half the prints that you would normally have used. It's, you know, looking at each element of that and how many jobs you're doing, the, the vanilla tasks that you're doing and you should be outsourcing because somebody else can do it better, faster and more efficiently than you can. And we, we get so complacent and so busy doing the job and doing the doing of our business that we sort of, we don't start working on the profit. So I try and encourage people to spend the first 90 minutes of their day um, it's something I learned in a, a networking group years ago um, to focus the first 90 day, he used to say, working on marketing, whereas I would say the first 90 days in your business should or the first 90 minutes of every day should be focused on profit. So whether that's collecting cash to avoid a bad debt or bringing more, um, you know, following up on a lead or doing a quote or raising an invoice or um, building a product or doing a bit of marketing, that task should do something to generate more profit in your business today and if you did that once a day and you were generated a hundred pounds a day for a month that's two grand in your pocket by the end of the month if your profit multiple is higher so a bit of effort now brought in a thousand pounds a day then you know it's it's the difference between working on your business and working in your business and it should be the most important activity of every day done first before you even start working on your client's business yeah so true first 90 minutes of your day spent working on profit yeah yeah yeah. fantastic and then you feel super satisfied because of course you've done your bit and now you can go out and help everybody else do their bit and you can do it from a power you know a point of intention and knowledge and knowing that you've done your bit you're walking the walk so to speak so what would be some um some rule of thumb sort of uh, percentages for this trickle down waterfall effect of the of the cash coming into your bank. Um, so you, you mentioned you would have you'd ha- you have a business expenses account, you'd have a tax account, which would be including corporation tax and 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 VAT, for example. Um, do you have savings for personal tax in in that if it's a owner managed business? The um, same account or. Um... Some of my clients prefer to draw the cash as a dividend and save the, the cash in their personal account so that that cash is out of the business and they don't have to worry about it being utilised somewhere else. And that's because they're not doing profit first in their business. I personally prefer to keep the cash in the business, separated in a business bank account, um, in the profit account, so that you're only then paying dividend tax on the stuff you're drawing out. Mm-hmm. Not on the stuff you're drawing out and saving and you're saving at you know one or quarter percent interest rate you're paying tax on it at 32 and a half percent to earn interest on it at less than one percent so yeah, it makes yeah. more sense to me to keep it in the business until you absolutely need it and then you draw it out and it's protected because you've got it in a separate bank account you're not touching it yeah yeah um, so so you uh, business expenses account yeah so yeah. The, 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 the run through the accounts again and then the percentages so it it varies by business and it varies um if if you've got an accountant who's profit first 
then talk to them about the percentages and how they work for your business. So it very much depends on your margins and, and all that kind of stuff. But a rule of thumb, a simple rule of thumb would be you start off on day one with 1% profit going into your profit account and yeah. maybe over a quarter, quarter, maybe two quarters, you try and grow that to 5%. Um, if yeah. you're more aggressive and you're more resilient and more um, resourceful you can try and grow it a bit faster but one percent to five percent over three to six months should be achievable for anybody and if you think about that in terms of how much of, of your total turnover um, for that quarter is one percent or five percent and what would that mean to you as an individual that becomes more of a motivate, motivating factor to make sure that happens so if we said, you know, 1% to start off with goes into your profit and maybe 20% goes into your um, taxes account, again, that would change varying on your business. Maybe 15% gets put away into your owner's pay. And again, that depends very much on how much you need to draw out each month based on how much your um, your personal expenses are. And, and again, you can profit hack your personal life as well as your business life. It's not just one or the other. And then the balance, which say might be 55% goes or 65% goes to your business expenses. So your objective over time is to try and reduce your business expenses by just 1% each time and see if you can put that into your profit account. Save a little bit here, put it into your profit account create a new product which generates a bit more money but has low high margin low cost then you put that into your profit account and so your percentages evolve over time right um, what we have is we go through um, a very basic model um, with our clients and, and with our profit hackers to try and establish how much you need to put in each of those um, different parts because it, it will be different so low margin businesses will have a higher um, you might have a lower tax percent and a higher expenses percent that you're trying to work to, to squeeze and to try and make more efficient. But you wouldn't want to try and grow somebody too quickly. You want to try and make them more efficient and more profitable first before you start to grow them. Great. So you mentioned profit hackers. What's profit hackers? Profit hackers. Oh, that's our baby at the moment. Um, Profit Hackers is a membership club or a mastermind or a coaching community, depending on which way. It's kind of all three of those, depending on which way you want to want to look at it. So it's a fledgling group that we've just um, recently launched. We've been working on it with some of our clients for the last sort of 18 months or a year. And it's taking everything that we've learned, all the strategies, profit first, our, all of our profit hacks, all of our instant profit tips, um, all of our processes and procedures that we apply with our clients and putting it into a membership club that we can share with people who are not our clients. And um, it, it's relatively low priced and hopefully high value. If it doesn't generate a huge return on investment, we're kind of not doing our jobs properly. So the idea is that you come into the club and you put profit first and then you build a 90 day plan and then every quarter we review and renew our 90 day plan and we work towards the next profit goal. So you have a very clear profit goal set for that 90 day period. And then our whole 90 days are spent working towards that profit goal with various profit hacks and profit strategies and working on our business profits first thing in the morning. Fantastic. I love that. So how do people find out more about Profit Hackers? Um, they can find Profit Hackers at www 
forward caseron.co.uk forward slash profit hackers. And um, so caseron C A S for Sierra E R O N for November caseron forward slash yeah caseron.co.uk forward slash profit hackers. So it's Casey and Cameron, my kids' names. Oh, brilliant! Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, it took us ages to come up with that. (laughs) Yeah, love it. Great name. Um, Lisa, thank you so much for your time today and the value. And I know that there'll be a number of people listening to this that will go, wow, I'd like a bit of that in terms of such a system to get clarity, not only on good financial and cash management, but also to have that moment at the end of the quarter where you can reward yourself, whether it be a Tesla or a holiday or whatever it might be. (laughs) There is that reward for start off with <laughs> yeah yeah that's fantastic lisa thank you so much for your time today on the business mastermind podcast you're very welcome it's been delight to be here hey gavin here i want to get to know you you're part of my community now if you are serious about significant growth over the next two to three years whether organically or through acquisition let's jump on a call Let me understand you and your business that much more so that I can come up with some suggestions that you can get on with implementing right now. Go to bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. That's bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success, and create more impact.